Thank you for listening to the Love Your Bod Pod. Before we dive in, just my usual disclaimer that this podcast in general is for educational and informational purposes only and does not substitute individual medical or mental health advice. Hello and welcome back to the Love Your Bod Pod. I am your host and character in Belly. I'm a certified health coach. I help human beings transform their relationships with their food, their body, and their soul so they can create amazing lives that they love and stop trying to be small and play small and step into their bigness and be fully self-expressed in life. And I love this work and I'm really grateful for it. And thank you for being here. Time is the most valuable resource you have. It's non-renewable. Once time is up, it is up, right? We can't get it back. We can get money back. We can like have a breakdown in relationships and repair those. We can lose our health and get better. But time, once it's gone, it's gone. So thank you for spending some of it with me. My dad has always said that to me since I was a really young girl. He has always said, don't waste people's time. Don't waste people's time. So if you're a client of mine or you've had a discovery call with me, when we set a time, I like call you exactly at that time. And if I'm a minute late, I'm like, yo, I'm sorry for being a minute late. I respect you and your time. Time is important to me. So thank you for spending it with me. Today, I don't have too much of an outline, but I do know that my intention is to actually be very vulnerable with you. And really share with you guys in a way that I never have before what my eating disorder was like. Share with you the story of my eating disorder uh, more candidly than I ever have. So trigger warning, okay? If you're in the middle of an eating disorder, I want you to use your best judgment. I want you to trust your gut. Take a deep breath right now with me. Sigh it out. And you decide if you want to listen to this because I'm going to be graphic. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to share with you the ugliness that was my eating disorder. I'm going to share with you the darkness, the darkness that eventually gave me my lightest light, right? Like I believe that the wound is where the light enters. My darkest dark gave me my lightest light. So I'm going to share it with you all today. So trigger warning, I'm going to be graphic. I'm going to do specifics. So if you're in the middle of it, um, heads up. All right, I love you, do what's best for you. But I think that it's important that I share my message and here's why. I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but an event happened. So I was back in NYC this past weekend. If you were following me on Instagram, I uh, was at a business event for women, entrepreneurs and coaches, service-based businesses, product-based businesses. I just made a massive financial investment, (laughs) very scary, in a new business coach. And as you guys know, I've invested in a life coach before. Like I'm always investing in my growth. And it's, I know that like if I want to encourage women to work with me and make financial investments in themselves, I need to be also doing that for myself. So I just made a new investment and I'm really excited about it. I'm really ready to up level my life and my business. So I was in New York City with my dear friend, Ashley Rose, and she's going to be on the podcast real soon here. She's actually coming over in a few days to record the episode. And she was like, you know, girl, do you mind sharing your eating disorder with me? Like, what was that like? Like, I have no idea. I've never struggled with this. I don't really know many women who talk about it or are vocal about it. And like, sometimes when I hear you talk about it on Instagram, like it almost feels like you're talking about it as if you've just like read about it in books. Like sometimes 
it's like not clear to me that you've like really gone through it yourself and I'm like wow yeah that's really good feedback and I'm like of course I talk about it all the time with my clients on the phone like you know whenever whenever it makes sense I'll share an aspect and so we sat down we were on the bed we were in our hotel room so I started sharing with her and she started to get tears in her eyes and she was like wow Kara wow like I had no idea like oh my god I understand why you're so angry about diet culture I understand why you're so angry about weight loss culture I understand why you get so triggered when people talk about losing weight she's like wow like I had no idea that you that it was like this and I was like oh okay yeah like I'm so it was so long ago for me and I've I've done so much healing work like I've done so much work on myself you guys and really invested in my transformation and my healing and so hearing her seeing her reaction hearing her reaction I was like oh I guess I should share this and she's like yeah I think you need to so that's where that came out of and again trigger warning because I'm going to be real honest with y'all about all of the shit all the darkness so my eating disorder started around 14 or 15 years old you know I shared about this in podcast one and I remember reading tabloid magazines that had you know a bunch of they're making fun of people with cellulite and this was around the time when Mary-Kate Olsen was in the news for having an eating disorder so depending on how old you are you're going to remember this time very well she was on the cover of like every tabloid magazine she was all over e-news like every single week you know she was like walking around with her big sunglasses on her messy hair and that vente starbucks cup right y'all know if you know um if you're a little on the younger end maybe you don't remember this the media they like glamorized her anorexia they glamorized it right and then like Lindsay lohan nicole ritchie rachel zoe like all of these women were like rail thin like i see your rib cage i see your bones thin and it was so glamorized like they were the paparazzi was all over them they were on the magazines they were like what everyone was talking about and it like that was happening and I was I really internalized it like it made an impact on me and I was also very into like magazines and fashion and modeling like I loved America's Next Top Model just recently like a couple weeks ago America's Next Top Model got released on like Netflix or Hulu or whatever I don't know we have all of the things so I'm not sure which one it was on and I watched a couple I watched a little bit of the first episode of season one and the contestants were comparing their body size making comments about weight and how they wish the other girls were fat and ugly and I I had to turn it off I was like whoa whoa like I can't I don't even want to watch that shit but I think back to being that young teenager and how impressionable I was and how I really internalized the messages that being thin and pretty was like the ultimate accomplishment for a woman that it was like the thinner you were the more attention you were the more valuable you were the more people wanted to know you and know about you and I was like yeah okay like I internalized it my little young teenage brain and at the same time that this was happening right like the beginning of freshman year the beginning of high school my parents filed for divorce like my dad moved out and my parents had been fighting for years it was you know my household was was my household and my parents filed for the divorce it was the second time but this time they actually like went through with it and I also had um 
my mom was going on the Atkins diet and she wanted me to do it with her. And she was like, hey, like it's going to be hard for me to stick to not eating bread if you're eating it. Do you want to go on it with me? And I was like a like a fuck yes to it because I was like, I don't want to have cellulite. I want to be super thin and pretty, blah, blah, blah. And part of the motivation was all of the messages from the outside world. And then the other part of it was that my boyfriend at the time, he was my first love. Like, ooh, his family moved. And he, they moved to San Diego and I was like, oh my, well, and I, you know, I knew I was going to go visit him. You know, I went back and visited him a few times before like our, our relationship like officially ended. And I was like, I have to be thin. I have to be hot. I'm going to be in a bikini. Like I don't want him meeting like a new hot lady and him breaking up with me. I didn't want him to not love me anymore. So I started out really restricting my food and I was so afraid of bread and I would, you know, I was really restrictive for two years. Like I was like, I want to be anorexic. That was my goal. I like wished that upon myself. And like for anyone struggling with anorexia, like please know I love you. And um, I see now like how messed up that was. But I was so influenced by like weight loss culture and diet culture and the beauty ideal and all of that. And I would watch these Thinspiration videos like online and I would read all the pro-Anna websites that gave you like tips and tricks on how to like not eat and how to suppress your appetite, like all of it. I was like obsessed and determined to be super thin and pretty. And like I also just felt really incredibly uncomfortable at school and high school. Like I didn't have a lot of friends. I wasn't one of the popular kids. Like my brother was like super popular my older brother and like I just was not (laughs) and truthfully looking back like the most common compliments that I got from anyone in life would be about my body and my looks my long legs my fair skin like how thin I was and like while that seems nice it just reinforced how important it was for me to stay that way and how valuable it was and how important it was and it just made me more obsessed with my body because I was like oh people are looking people are paying attention that's what I'm that's my value in the world right so I need to make sure that I keep it on I keep it up right I don't gain the weight and then in between sophomore and junior year I applied for an internship in San Diego. So yes, part of the motivation was that I wanted to be near that boy because our relationship was like on the skirts. I moved to San Diego for an internship. I also really wanted to be a marine biologist as well. So I, you know, I applied at UC San Diego at the their Scripps Institute of Oceanography for a summer internship at the aquarium. And I ended up getting accepted. So I went to live with a family friend. And the family friend noticed I didn't eat much. <laughs> like at all. Um, and encouraged me to eat more. So that's when the binge eating began and I freaked out. And so that's also when the purging began. That's when I started throwing up. So that's kind of when I transitioned and I flipped the coin of my eating disorder, right? I pivoted and and now the binging and the purging started. And like looking back at this time, like all of these years, I remember barely eating before school and having a cup of coffee and I would have very little for lunch and I would fall asleep in the classroom all the time, you guys. Like I, I wasn't, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> wow, I was not expecting to cry. Mm. Whew, I look back on hmm, my high school years and wow. Whew. Mm-hmm. Not sure what the rule is about getting emotional on podcasts, but if there is a rule, I broke it and I'm okay with that. Let's be a rebel. So um, 
gosh, I just like would fall asleep. <laughs> and like I never put two and two together like, oh, maybe it's because I'm not fucking eating anything. And then I would go play sports. Like I played so many sports. Um, I played soccer. I was I played softball. I did track. I did cross country. I did volleyball. I, I did not get accepted to on the dance team. So I gave up dance pretty quick. I learned that I was like, that just wasn't for me, right? Like I wasn't popular. I wasn't pretty. I didn't think this at least, right? I was so awkward. <laughs> um, and so then I would go play all these sports. And I hated high school too. Like, oh, I just, I hated it. I felt so inferior. I was so afraid of the other kids. Like, anyways, I would go home and I would binge and I would purge. I would binge on all of the food right because I'd starve myself all freaking day and then I would come home and I'd be like you're not gonna binge you're not gonna binge you're not gonna binge you're not gonna binge you're not gonna do that today what would I do I would binge and then I would purge and then I would do another workout before I went to bed because like I knew I couldn't like get it all out and I was afraid that oh how much did I leave in there like how much I couldn't get it all out and I was so afraid so I would like work out then again before I would go to bed and this was basically on repeat for years for years and so again like I had said my parents were going through a really awful divorce they fought with each other in court for 10 years now bless my parents I love my parents I've done a lot of work to forgive them to not blame them anymore like I don't blame them anymore um and we have you know good relationships now and I love them and I'm not trying to talk bad about them or any of that They were going through their own shit, obviously, right? Like, I can't imagine the impact of going through a divorce, not only the impact on the children, but just, like, if you're the person going through it. So I have loads of compassion and love for my parents. But they were going through this divorce, and and they fought for 10 years in court. Like, they literally tried to ruin each other's lives. And I would watch this. And and it was just a fucking mess. (laughs) And then I also had my eating disorder, as well right and just like all of my insecurities and and so much happened in high school with like other girls and I'm going to do another podcast about the comparison trap and the sisterhood wound um so I'm not going to talk about that in this episode but I'm gonna I'm going to later and then I went away to college I moved to Los Angeles and things got worse um you know the binging got more intense uh the purging got more intense I started to buy Adderall illegally from this drug dealer to suppress my appetite um and eventually I started like having binge and purge episodes like on my days off from school like multiple times a day and I hated my body so much and I just wanted to be liked and be seen as beautiful so badly so eventually I found this woman who who sold these injections that were supposed to get rid of like your cellulite and melt away your fat and like I really wanted them for my thighs because I was so insecure about my thighs and all of the cellulite and and so I asked my parents if they would like pay for these injections and they did (laughs) and like again not talking shit about my parents and oh my god right like I I don't know I was 18 or 19 at the time And like I literally have no idea what was in those injections. And they made my legs swell up. I could barely walk. I was in so much pain for like weeks. I had lumps all over my legs. And I remember being like, but this is worth it. Like it's going to be worth it. Like she, you know, she said that the swelling would go down, right? Like I needed to get rid of the cellulite. And And I can't believe my parents paid for this. And that's how powerful diet culture is. 
and then later later that year like I can't remember it was like I believe it was my like towards my sophomore year I emailed my parents and I told them about my eating disorder and I was like I need help I need to go to rehab and truthfully like looking back like I love my parents but they really brushed it off like they really like look they were going through their own shit one of my parents was in and out of jail like they had their own shit going on right and I'm like hey can I have thirty thousand dollars to go to rehab and they they just kind of my mom told me to get over it my mom said all girls worry about their weight she was going through her own shit so I get it and so was my dad and my dad you know made this suggestion of like well maybe it's because you're living with all these girls like maybe you need to find guy roommates so I found a bunch of guys a lot older than me I can't believe like my parents at 19 let me move in with these men who were like in their 30s but I did found this cute little apartment in Santa Monica and the binging and the purging just continued like I would quote take really long showers after eating and and I would throw up but it became harder and harder because there was four of us in this apartment with one bathroom so I kind of became a little bit more restrictive because I didn't think I could get away with it you know what I mean and eventually I applied abroad for a year abroad in Australia and moved literally across the world where I knew no one. Knew no one. And I was like, I hope to God the woman who said she's going to let me be a no pair is at the airport. Um, well, she was and she's amazing. Hey, Kylie, I love you. Thank you for being in my life and letting me stay at your house. And Nanny, you're beautiful children. Um, I hope I didn't fuck any of them up. I actually think about that all the time. I'm like, oh, I hope I didn't mess up their relationships with food because I was so in it when I was living in Australia. And I look back at this time when I was studying abroad and I have very vivid memories of like throwing up like in the house where in the with the family that I lived with like in that house. And and I have so many memories of like how often I was up in my head worrying about my eating disorder. And I missed out on a lot because I was preoccupied. And that's kind of the thing about having eating disorders is like they take so much of your awareness. Like you're thinking about food all the time. You're micromanaging your body. You're having anxiety. You're like, are people looking at how much I'm eating? How much should I eat? And you're planning, am I going to be able to binge tonight? Am I going to be able to control myself tonight? Am I going to be able to find a place to throw up? Am I going to be able to work out and burn all of this off? Like, oh my gosh, it just takes up so much time and so much of your awareness. And I think about like all of the amazing times that like I've missed out on because I was physically there, but my mind was like on the food and it makes me sad in a way and it's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about helping others heal this why I'm like please let me help you rise above your eating disorder and squash it because you miss out on life like I missed out on a lot of my life and no regrets no regrets and I'm really present to how much more I enjoy my life now how much more present I am, how much more happy I am. And when I got back from Australia, I went back to LA and the eating disorder was still there. It was still super present. I was still binging and purging all of the time. And I remember planning out my binges. Like I knew that that's what I was going to do tonight. I was like, all right, I'm going to get off work. I'm not going to go out with my friends because I can't deal with life. I just need to check out. I just need to numb. I need to not think about my life for a minute. So I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to buy all of my favorite foods. And sometimes I've hit up like multiple stores to get like all the different things I wanted and like the drive through Oh, the amount of monster tacos and curly fries and Oreo shakes I would get from Jack in the Box just to like eat and throw up. Like, ugh. All the money I spent, I was barely 
barely able to pay rent in LA. It's an expensive fucking city. And I didn't really have money for like self-care activities because I was spending it all on food I was binging on and purging on. And I had a bunch of roommates. We had a kid living in the living room and I shared a bathroom. And I remember being so afraid that they would hear me, that I would get caught. You know, like I would shower and I would always save my showers for after the binge so that I could like, you know, hopefully not get hurt, got, not get, not be heard. And sometimes, often, I would be binging and need to purge multiple times. And I'm like, well, I've already showered. My roommate's been home this whole time. Or some of my roommates have been home. I had like four roommates at the time in this three-bedroom apartment. People were in the living room, whatever. We shared bathroom. And so I started to throw up in plastic bags in my room. And I would just take the bags out to the trash, to the dumpster. And that's like how intense it was. Like that's how sick I was. <laughs> and I had this, it, it was eventually getting to a breaking point. And the breaking point was after I got back from uh, New York and Paris Fashion Week. So I ended up getting this like really cool job. Um as an office assistant uh, at, at some designer boutique in LA, fancy designer boutique. And within a couple of months, I got promoted to an assistant buyer. And so I knew I was going to be on the plane to New York and Paris Fashion Week. And I remember thinking, wow, this is like the ultimate, right? Like I'm not even 23 yet and I have my dream job. Like I'm kicking ass at life, except, oh my God, I have the worst eating disorder ever. And I was so insecure, so afraid. And what I remember about those business trips, which it sounds fancy and it was, and it's still very cool. And I'm proud of myself for all that I've accomplished. And I remember like not going to the parties and not going to the networking events and like having a hard time being present at my showroom appointments, keeping track of all of the money we were spending and all of the items we were buying because I was thinking about food. And I remember spending my nights alone in my hotel room binging and purging. Like I remember we stayed at the this really beautiful hotel in Paris and it had this amazing bubble bath. And I remember spending a lot of my time in that bathroom purging. I have very vivid memories of this. Like, and it's like it should have been one of the most amazing times in my life. And it, and it, and it was. And it was also one of the darkest times. And I knew that I couldn't keep living like this. I couldn't keep doing this. Like the desire to be thin. Like I thought that if I was skinny, people would take me seriously. And it was kind of like Emily Blunt's character, Emily, in Devil Wears Prada. And I remember I watched this movie like a couple months ago and she's like, yeah, I haven't eaten for weeks. But before I pass out, I have a cube of cheese. Like fuck you guys. I resonate with that so deeply. But it also makes me incredibly sad because it's like women who are vulnerable watching that are going to be like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to not eat for weeks. And then right before I pass out, I'm going to have a cube of cheese. And I was like, so her. I left that job because I knew I needed to get better. I knew that I couldn't keep living like this and there was no way in hell I was going to recover from my eating disorder and work in fashion. No way. 
not like looking at magazines, fashion bloggers, all of that stuff was like my job and it made, it reinforced all of my fears. A lot of the fears, the desires that drove me into my eating disorder in the first place were continually reinforced by the career path that I had chosen. So I was like, all right, I got to pivot out of this. And looking back, I'm able to see how my eating disorder was so driven by the desire to be thin and pretty, but it then turned into a coping mechanism. So it was a coping mechanism, a way to deal with the pressures women feel to be thin and beautiful, was helping me cope with diet culture and cope with the beauty ideal. And it helped me not deal with my life. Again, it allowed me to check out of life and I could just not deal with shit for an evening and go home and binge on all of my favorite foods and then experience the release, the release of throwing up. While it was so painful, for many years, it helped me deal with life. It was my comfort zone. Like I hated it, but it was familiar and safe in a way. It was like I I hated it, but I also loved it. It was like a love-hate thing. And I got to this point where it was causing me more pain than it helped me heal from. And so I did. I finally made the choice. And I remember the day so vividly. I was in that apartment where I eventually started throwing up in the bags because I had so many roommates and shit. I was in that apartment and I had just, it was after a very typical but very painful binge and purge episode. And I started to cry and I just laid on the bathroom floor and I cried. And I I remember I was like, I'm either going to get better or I'm going to die. I'm going to kill myself because I don't want to live like this anymore. I can't do it or I'm going to get better. And I was like, I was like, I'm getting better. I was like, I'm not living life this anyway. I can't live life this way anymore. And I remember laying there on the floor and I was like envisioning what my life would be like if I didn't get better. I I had this vision of like me 10 years in the future having like kids and then being outside the door playing and me in the bathroom throwing up. And I was like, oh my God, no, no more, Kara, it's time. And I made the decision right there. Like... The way that I remember this experience in my mind is as if like I'm floating above my body and I can like see myself curled up around the toilet. And that's how I remember it in my mind. And, and I made the choice right there and I was like, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'm going to do whatever it takes to heal this, to squash this, to rise above this. No more. And then the healing began. began. It was in that moment. And from that moment on, it took me three years, which is why I do this work now, because I condense three years into like months for women. Um, And I do it because I want to be what I wished I had. I really struggled to find the support that I needed and wanted, which is why it took me three years. And it's why I do the work that I do now so that I can get people out of it. And like some of my clients don't have as intense of experiences with food, right? Like they're on the spectrum of disordered eating, Um, or yo-yo dieting they're not like full-blown eating disorder like I was Um, and wherever you are it's like let me help you like I've been through it 
you know, I've tried all the diets. Like, oh my gosh, like the, I did them all. I tried them all. Master Cleanse, like Atkins, The Zone, um, Weight Watchers, Slim Fast, right? Like I remember having Slim Fast in the cabinet growing up, like all of them. And I also remember just hating myself and hating my life and knowing I was meant for more and knowing that I could heal this and that I wanted to heal it. So, yeah, that's that's the Cliff Notes version of my eating disorder. So it was seven years struggling, three years working towards recovery. And there was still binging and purging happening in those three years. But I was consciously working towards recovery. And recovery is not a straight line, right? Like it's a motherfucking scribble. Mine was a scribble. <laughs> um, so I say that I dealt with it for 10 years because it was 10 years in total. 10 years and I'm 31, a third of my life, a third of my life. And if you see yourself in my story, I want to give you hope. Um, Maybe you see yourself in some of my story. Maybe your struggle looked a little differently or maybe it wasn't as intense and in dark. Maybe it was just disordered eating and dieting, which is a lot of my clients. Some of my clients have very similar stories to mine and, and some are just the dieting um, and disordered eating. Wherever you are, if you see yourself in my story, I hope that it gives you hope and I hope that it also allows you to, to see a little bit of like my pain and like where I'm coming from with the messages that I share on this podcast and why I'm so passionate and um, why I want to help as many people as I can. So if you're at that rock bottom place or if you think you're about to get to it or if you've been straddling the line of like recovery and disordered eating where you're like in pseudo recovery or you want to recover but like not yet, right? Like the fear of losing control around food or the fear of not being in control of the food or the fear of gaining weight or the like, oh, I'm not ready or I don't have the time to devote to healing. Like whatever your story is, just know that I've been there and I I get you and If you know that your life is about something more, if you know that you're ready to heal your relationship with food and your body and actually like connect more deeply to what it is you give a damn about in this world, I am so excited to share with you about my upcoming brand new group coaching program. It's the most amazing thing I've ever created. It's so epic. I'm so excited. Just like dreaming about it, all the things. So it's three months long and it is called Food Body Soul. So kind of like eat, pray, love, but it's food, body, soul. And the first month starts with an in-person retreat. Woo, in-person retreat. We're going to be in LA, my favorite freaking city. Uh, We're going to be near the beach. We're going to hike together at this, my favorite hiking place with the most beautiful views of the ocean. And we're going to share meals together. And we're going to go through mindful eating and exor- and, and uh, intuitive eating exercises together. And, and you are going to make peace with sugar at this retreat. Sugar and sweets and chocolate at this in-person retreat. That's one of my goals. And also it's to meet all of the women who are going to be in the, ten mo- the three-month-long container with you so that we can... Be vulnerable with one another so that we can see that we're not alone because eating disorders are isolating and they're lonely. I was so lonely in my eating disorder. And something that was really important to me was when I went to a couple of meetings at ABA, Anorexic Bulimics Anonymous. Now, I didn't love the curriculum of ABA. Um, 
if you like ABA, more power to you, but it didn't resonate with me. The thing that made a difference for me was the other women. Seeing all the other women, realizing I wasn't alone, hearing their stories, hearing what they've gone through, it it just softened me and it allowed me to have more compassion on myself because I was having compassion on these other women. So it was like, well, why can't I be compassionate on myself? So you're going to meet the other women in the group in this retreat. You're going to have amazing accommodations. We're going to stay at a fly-ass, bomb-ass Airbnb in LA. We are going to, there's going to be a registered dietitian there, chef prepared meals, like bougie, but like humble. All right. And we're going to dive in deep and heal your relationship with food. There's going to be all of the science that you need and also all of the feeling and intuition, right? So we're going to do the food thing for the first month. And my goal um, is to help your recovery not be a scribble like mine. I want my goal, and I know it's possible, is instead of it taking three years, it can take three months. And then the second month is all about the body image. We are going to dive deep into healing the body image wound and making peace with our weight and making peace with our body. And we're going to connect more deeply to the woven in wisdom of our bodies, right? Like diet culture or eating disorders are so up in our head. We're so up in our head. We're so up in the masculine, overthinking, thinking about food all day, micromanaging, counting, tracking, weighing, all the things. So we're going to connect you into the wisdom of your body and and you are going to transform your relationship with health and nutrition because you're going to be listening to your body and your body is going to be guiding you as opposed to all of these external cues. Listen to episode 35 if you're not sure what I'm talking about where I talk about this. So we're going to heal your relationship with your body in the second month. And then the third month is soul. We are going to be connecting you to your soul's purpose. We're going to be connecting to you to like what you actually give a damn about, right? To the things in your life that matter way more than this struggle with food and your weight. So maybe you are a mom or you want to be a mom. Maybe you want to climb the corporate ladder. Maybe you want to start your own business or go back to school and get a PhD. Or maybe you are pursuing a PhD right now. Uh, Or you want to start a health coaching business like me. Whatever it is, we're going to connect you deeply to that. And we're going to powerfully set you up. We're going to get your mindset right. We're going to get your limiting beliefs out of the way. Limiting beliefs are like huge, right? So we're going to uh, connect you to your intuition. There's going to be guided meditations. There's going to be a little bit of the woo-woo shit that I'm into. Because um, on a scale of zero to woo-woo, I'm like a woo, right? Like I love the science. I love the research. I spend a lot of my time on PubMed looking at all the research studies. But I'm also into the woo stuff. I'm into quantum physics. I'm into the mind-body connection. I'm into that which we can't see. I'm into that which is bigger than me, the universe, all of that. So if you're into that too, well, then girl, this is for you. So if you're feeling called to this container, to food, body, soul, it's it's application only. But once there's 10 women, there's 10 women. So if you're interested, shoot me a DM at Kara's Kitchen. I'm going to be talking about this over the next couple of months. And um, I'd love to have you in there if you're feeling called. It is going to be so epic and juicy and amazing and transformative and healing, healing. Um, All right. I love you. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you got a lot out of my story. I hope you weren't triggered by it. I hope that it um, it didn't trigger you. That is not what I wanted. I just wanted to share vulnerably and, and be real so that you could like really get like how deep my wound my eating disorder wound is was right I feel recovered I am recovered um but anyways I love you I hope you got a lot out of this please share if you did please let me know your thoughts reach out to me if you relate and I will see you guys all next week thank you for tuning in 